And now, broadcasting through Blue Collar Media, it's time for the Big Bash Podcast. Thanks to the Big Red Bash Birdsville and the Monday Monday Bash Broken Hill. Two big events rocking the outback. Yes, good day there, and welcome to the latest edition of the Big Bash Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything to do with Australia's largest music festivals, the Big Red Bash in Birdsville, and of course the Monday Monday Bash in Broken Hill. However, as we tell you, these two iconic events are more than just music festivals. They are, in fact, a very unique Outback Australian event that provide people with an experience like no other. Just travelling to these events is an adventure in itself that adds to the entertainment in two fantastic Outback locations. Now, on this podcast, we speak not only with the artists who make the trip to perform out there for you, but the people who work behind the scenes, from volunteers to full and part-time employees, who all combine their efforts to create memories that you will look back on for a very long time. We also provide you with event updates, useful information, travel tips and updates as well. We'll also speak with business people in surrounding areas who benefit from these events, meet some of the Outback characters along the way, and of course speak to you, bashgoers, who make the trek to enjoy and experience what these two events have to offer. Now on this edition we'll take a look at some of the many locations that you can include as part of your Big Bash adventure, with some places being iconic destinations themselves. I'll be joined by the owner-operator of Great Divide Tours who will not only run through some of these places for you, but will also suggest some routes that you can take to or from the Bash to make your Big Bar Red Bash experience an even more memorable event. Now, this podcast is for you, as we say, and we certainly do welcome any feedback from all Bash goers. So if you'd like to get in touch, it's easy to do. Simply email bigbash at omfgroup.com.au. That's bigbash at omfgroup.com.au. And, and say g'day there. Any questions that you have, uh, we are here to help you and we'll provide you with, uh, with any entertainment information or other tips that you may be looking for. Big Bash at omfgroup.com.au. You are with the duck, of course, and we are tuning in here and bringing you the Big Bash podcast. Okay, let's go out into the outback now. Faces in the photograph are faded. Oh, it's not long, is it? John Williamson, who performed at the very first Big Red Bash way back when, will be doing a special uh, appearance out there for the 10th anniversary. How good would it be? Out in the outback, it doesn't get any more real than John Williamson. And when you think about it, uh, John Williamson um, really um, is a big part of the reason that this event is on. The first person to ever perform there on a pallet. A couple of pallets as a makeshift stage and sang to a handful of people. And 10 years or, or 10 events later, rather, I know with the COVID we missed one, but on the 10th anniversary, he's back. And as, we, uh, as we've as we heard uh, from Greg Donovan as well with the big um, blue day out there, he will be out there performing for that as well and will be there performing at the Big Red Bash uh, on day one. And I think it's going to be a very special event. He's going to be in for a shock of his life when he sits up on that sand dune uh, because I'm telling you now, he's a long way from just on a couple of pallets these days. Uh, as we found out with uh, with Benny from the Birdsville Pub last week, he has seen this thing grow. Imagine performing out there to a couple of people. And when I say a couple, there was probably a few hundred there. 
to what he's about to, you know, experience this time. He, he's going to open his eyes, although he was at Monday uh, last year, so I guess you'll have some idea, but at the end of the day, it'll still be that big red sand dune as the backdrop. That'll be the location, and uh, he will see just exactly what's been going on out there all these years later. Now, one thing we've always discussed here on the podcast is, and on the radio as well, is the fact that getting to the big red bash is an adventure. It's not just the event. The event is fantastic. There's all these little events within the event, the whole, you know, three, four, up to five days now, depending on when you enter the um, the event there, uh, is a fantastic event. But getting there is also an adventure. And you and we've spoken with Greg Donovan on the radio over many years where we've, you know, have said that, you know, getting to the bash, you can go one way, go home another way. Some people include it as part of a bigger trip where they're on this big lap or they're out and about for about six or eight weeks and, and they factor in the fact that they need to get to Burzel for the bash and then take off from there and cross the Simpson or head north. It's it's just incredible. And, and that was the thing that stood out for me on the very first trip out there. The whole, the, I remember we, we left home and we drove off and, and I thought we didn't know where we were camping that night. We ended up camping on the Darling River near Burke and it was just, it just kicked off what was, you know, just put us right in the mood and up the Darling track we went and through Hungerford and up through Thargaminda and camping along the way. It was just a fantastic event. Then on the way back, we, I, um, I, I spoke to a mate of mine who we're about to talk to now and he gave me this tip on going back down the Virgil track for a little bit, then across Walker's Crossing and into Winnemunca. Now, by the time we were doing that, we'd, for, we'd forgotten all about the, the festival. We, we thought, how good is this on this big trip? Anyway, we thought that, you know, for people that haven't been before, we thought we'd suggest some places to check out because the one big thing that people do when they do travel, and if you've got time, I mean, obviously these things are time-dependent, but you, you can sometimes on any trip drive past locations that... Yeah, you may not know they're there, or you may not may not just have the time to stop. And many, many times when you've been on a trip, and I've done it myself, where you think, okay, well, we've got to be here by you know tomorrow, and you'll see a road sign with a you know a little town name with thirty k's turn right, you know, and you don't have time to turn down and have a look at that. And you could be driving past a very special place. Well, we can tell you that out in this region in the Diamantina. And in Birdsville and around Birdsville, there are some fantastic places that you can look at, camp at, check out and just take it all in whilst you're out there, if time permits. Nobody knows this um, about this stuff more than my next guest. Uh, he is the owner-operator of Great Divide Tours. He's actually run tag-along tours out to the Big Red Bash now, for, I think since it started, and, um, and, and offers you know his customers... Uh, a, a, a true outback experience, which includes the Big Red Bash, even includes, I think, a, a night in the Birdsville pub. His name's Vic Whitman. As I said, he is the man behind Great Divide Tours, the number one uh, four-wheel drive tag-along business in Australia. Vic Whitman, g'day, mate. How are you tonight, mate? I'm going all right. I'll just turn you up there, Vic. Yeah, I'm going all right. <laughs> mate, it, you've done a few trips out to um, to Birdsville. Now, you, I thank you for coming on. I know you, you appear on the radio show with us each week, and but... You've been to Birdsville many, many times, but you've also run some big red bash tours out there with tag-alongs with people who yep. like that security of travelling with people who, you know, can help them if something goes wrong. There's a lot of support on your trips. Um, it's yep. very structured. They know where they're going to be staying and all this stuff. And they and they and there's reasons why people will go with you on this. How many how many trips have you done out there for the bash? Mate, it was fantastic to, to hear the, the intro with John Williamson singing 
because we were there, mate. We were in that handful of people. I think it was 500, in fact, sitting up on the top of Big Red with with John sitting on the, the two pallets, as you mentioned. And it was in that big bowl of Big Red. It wasn't down on the flat like it is now. And um, we were camped down on the flat and you walked up to the Big Red, took your chair up there and you sat in that bowl and we were literally 30 metres away from, from John singing. And, um, and, and look, I, I, the, the event now is huge. It goes over three days, three nights, and there's 20 or more artists. And it's, you know, it's one of the, I think it's the biggest event, outdoor event uh, occurring. They've won awards for it and everything. But right, that first one, that very first one 10 years ago, uh, it's etched in my mind. It was just a brilliant experience, and and it was just one, you know, just one artist, which was John Williamson, for one night, um, and it was very intimate, very personal. We had Dick Smith sitting in the front row, right in front of us. He'd flown in to watch it, you know. Uh, so, and we've been we've been to everyone except the COVID one, where you couldn't get out of this house. But we've taken tours to every single one of them. I've been to about three of them you now, personally, and the other boys have. Looked after them from the team. Yeah, it, it's it's incredible. <laughs> do, do you remember how you heard about it? Because that 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 very first um, first event, where it was just basically just a a reward, you know, for the volunteers and the runners in the in the desert marathon. In the That's run. correct. Yep. And, and yep. And, and I was I was at the Nindagali pub, and we were on our way. We we're actually on our way to Ayers Rock. And we were going up through that way to, you know, travel up through the Queensland, out back in the and the Channel Country, and up through Camerwill and all that to go into the Northern Territory. And I bumped into these grey nomads, and I asked them where were they heading to, and they said, "Oh, we're off to Birdsville to Big Red to watch John Williamson." And yeah, I, I wish yeah. I'd have known about that. I would have gone, on, yeah. and, and I'd heard nothing about it. How did you do? You remember how you you heard about that that it was on? Because it basically just the word had got out, and it's amazing how the old Bush Telegraph can work with all these people, and 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 Greg Donovan has told me that he, there was never any plan to to sell yeah. tickets. It was it was purely just to you know put on something to celebrate what they'd just achieved and to reward those people involved. That's and then right. he thought, well, yeah. okay, well we'll do this and we'll get some portaloos and we'll do some things, put a little bit of infrastructure in there, and we'll charge a couple of bucks for some tickets. How did you hear about it? Well, you know, ten years ago, and you know the, the memory's fading a bit. But um, I, I think that what it was, mate, is that one of my drivers is a, a good mate of, of Greg Donovan's, and you know he, he goes bicycle riding or whatever they call it these days, and brightly coloured leotards. Um, but uh, and he does a lot of riding and, and that with with Greg, and and um, and he probably mentioned to me that Greg was putting on this concert, and we we mm. got onto it then and spoke to Greg and said, well, what's this all about? And um, as a result of that conversation, um, I, I then established this 12-day tour, but starting from Cobar and heading up through Inamica and, you know, all, all sorts of places, uh, out to, to Burzville to watch the concert and then, and then meandering our way back in a different route, um, which is the route that I, I suggested to you when you went, first went out, uh, staying over at Kilkowra Station, for example. Mm. And um, and bringing people back back to Ningen where they were back on the highway yeah. and could head head back home and and <clears throat> we've had full full groups or full trips every year since then, mate. And in fact, this year we've we've got another eight or nine vehicles. It is now, I think, that that we're taking out there uh, for the concert. And um, well, we continue to follow that very similar route to what we did ten years ago and really show off 
the, the countryside on the way there and on the way back, you know, plus concert. And you're dead right. We After we camp out at Big Red, we, we come back and we have a night then in the Versal Hotel and we have to negotiate getting the accommodation with Greg. And he, he's very good. He works very well with the, you know, the various tour companies that take people out there, including ourselves. And, and um, you know, we're, we're able to get our, our people into the rooms after all the artists and that have vacated. And uh, it's, it's just a, a magic, you know, 10, 12 days that you're away with that fantastic concert. Uh, I mean, I remember one year, mate, we, were, we got out there and, of course, you know, the concerts usually start about, you know, mid-afternoon and they go through to 8, 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Uh, but I remember around about midday, there were 100 common hour winds blowing. I think Birdsville had the record, the, the highest wind recorded in Australia on that day. There was a tremendous sandstorm, and we were just huddled in our tent, you know, hoping the tent would stay up and trying to, you know, breathe, breathe in the dust without choking. Uh, fortunately, eventually it calmed down, and they were able to get the concert running a couple of hours later. Yeah, I remember. Well, I remember one year there was a bit, a couple of wind gusts for all the a few gazebos went uh, were a bit of a like kites. Uh, but it, yeah. but as quick as it came, it, it, as quick, quick as the wind came, the wind disappeared, and uh, and, and it was all it yeah. was all good. That I did not know that um, you've actually told me something, Vic. I did not know that you're at the very first event. So that's uh, yeah. uh, that would have yeah. been very special. And I, and I wish I was there. I was obviously there for the second and third and yep. fourth and whatever. But I certainly wasn't there for the very first one. And uh, I would have like to have seen that because that I, I, I just you know I just I could just imagine with what John Williamson will be thinking when he plays there oh, um, right. this time in front of you know about 12,000 people it's just yeah. and then, yeah. and then I mean, the, yeah. the infrastructure and the plaza and the way it's all set out and uh, he's going to be absolutely well, amazed I think well mate when when we were there at that first one the where the concert is held now and where all that infrastructure is and where everybody camps you know that that's that big floodplain mm. on the eastern side of of, uh, of Big Red. Well, in two thousand and thirteen, mate, that was full of water yes. because we had massive rains, and and that's that's a giant lake. Now I'm really going to stretch your memory here because when you were down at Mine Drive the training centre there a couple of years ago, on the the partition wall between the training room and the dining room. There was a great big mural which which we uh, had hanging up on there, and it was a photo of Big Red, and it was a photo that I took the morning after the night before when the concert was on. In other words, mm. um, with the sunshine coming up and hitting Big Red and lighting it up all beautiful red, and looking back down over the campsite, and you could see that huge lake in the background, which is now where everybody camps. Yes, yeah, I've and seen. I've, I think I've, it was. I've actually seen you photos that of that with, with water. It's, it's quite yeah, amazing, yeah. really, to oh, think that it just, it just turns into a huge lake. <clears throat> and, of course, in 2016, I think it was, it, it rained like about five days before the concert and they had to make the decision that they weren't going to be able to get people out there because mm. the, that clay that, uh, pan was a bit of a bog and they ended up moving the whole thing in five days into Birdsville and they put it on the oval in there. Yeah, it was quite a camp for yeah, quite miles incredible. all around Birdsville. It was I, a massive undertaking. Yeah, mm. I was there I was there that year and uh and, uh, and I remember we did some uh, some radio with Greg that year as well, and that uh, was just incredible. I've got to say, he was he, he appeared fairly calm throughout all of that, and it was right. still a great event. In fact, uh, I've got to be honest with you. I mean, look, it's look you can't beat the the big red experience, but 
No, I've got to say to you, I didn't think it was. I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was a. It was, it was still a great. <laughs> it was still a great event. It was actually pretty good. It was a quick. I, yeah. I think the pub enjoyed the fact that all these people stuck in town, uh, where they just you know turn up and disappear for a few days and then come back. They were they yeah. were in there. The beer garden was packed every day. So, uh, but yeah. anyway, now yeah. look. The thing is, and you and I have spoken about about this, and I've spoken with Greg Donovan many times about the fact that getting to the bash and some of the places that you can visit in and around that region whilst you're out there, um, yep. it, it adds to the experience. But you can really make a really good outback trip out of it. What are some oh, of the yeah. places you would suggest for people that are listening to this now that you know may be heading out for their first time to the Big Red Bash at yeah. Birdsville? Yep. Some of the places you think they should should check out if they have the time. Well, look, I mean, you know, as, as I say, we, we, even, you know, we run our, our, our tour out to it and, we, and that's exactly what we do. We... We go via some of these must-see places on the way there and on the way back. But you know, if I if I if I look at the map and, and say, well, you know, which way are people coming from? We'll get over the the, the difficult one first. If they're coming from the west, um, I mean, predominantly the quickest way there is to go straight across the Simpson Desert. Um, and we did talk about this a couple of couple of weeks ago on the on the radio show that one of the problems there at the moment is that the Air Creek is in flood. And, uh, and it's touch and go if, if that's going to reopen in time for people to actually come across the desert. But, you know, a- any crossing of the Simpson Desert, the largest parallel sand dune desert in the world, is an epic trip in its, in its own right, you know. And, and there will be people who would normally ever cross it to go to the Big Red Bash, mm. or when the bash is over, then head off and, and cross it heading to the west. Um, <clears throat> coming from the south, mate, look, you've got a couple of options. I mean... You know, the, the, the most direct route from the south would be to drive up to Maree. And, and Maree in itself is, is a fantastic place to visit. Uh, you know, it's the, the, like the, almost like the, the head town of the, of the old Garn Railway, which of course is gone now, but the railway station is still there. There's still some old, um, locomotives out there. Uh, but in the Maree Hotel, there's a fantastic display. Uh, on Lake Eyre itself, which is just nearby, and of course you can do flights out of Maree to go over Lake Eyre and Maree Man, uh, which is the carving in the ground out there, which you see from the plane. Uh, they've also got an incredible display to the legendary Tom Cruise, which is the the Burzville Mailman. You know, so those those things in themselves are great things to see. And then of course they've got the 520 k of the Burzville track to drive, and of course the Burzville track. Is, is right up there. I mean, you talk to, to any adventurous, you know, traveller and uh, they'll usually name two or three places that they want to do and one of them is nearly always going to be the Burzel Track. Um, and, of course, that takes you up through Mungarani. It's the only other place to, to get fuel at. It's about midway, so about halfway up. And um, it's got a, a little hot spring there um, and you can stay overnight. It's got new owners in the pub and they're doing a great job. So... Yeah, but just driving the Birdsville track itself is, uh, you know, is one of those uh, those things that people want to pin their hat on. Oh, absolutely! Uh, you are, and and there are and there are places to camp along the Birdsville track too, isn't there? No, you can just about pull over and pull wherever you want. I mean, there's a lot of very rough give a plane, and you've got to pick your spot. But we've we've done that with groups. We've been driving, and it gets towards the end of the day. And you know, I remember one one time there was a a red sand dune that was running along parallel to us on the edge of the Birdsville, and um, and then it petered out. So we, we drove around the end of it, drove up the other side of it, and and there was a beautiful big clay pan, and there was a magic campsite 
you know, we're away from the road um, and, you know, we could, you know, camels and, and dingoes were our friends, you know. Oh, incredible. So, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you can certainly pick those kind of spots. There's a couple of hot springs along there. There's, you know, a few years ago, um, I mean, there was a terrible accident where a guy slipped and fell into one of those hot springs and got terrible burns. So, you know, if you, you know, if you are around the hot springs that are along the Bertha track, just, you know, they're not places you're going to jump in and have a swim in, I can tell you now. Mm, that sounds like <laughs> um, Yeah. And, of course, you've got what they call the outside Burzel and the inside Burzel. Now, I've only ever driven all my, you know, 432 years of travelling in the outback. I've only ever been able to do the inside track once because generally it's flooded and closed and it is still currently closed. But the Burzel track itself is a pretty good road. But what we've got to understand with, with outback dirt roads is that they can change overnight. You know, you get a bit of rain through and you get a couple of trucks go through and the next thing you've, you've got a road that's really badly cut up. So, you know, whilst I say that the Burzel track now is a pretty good road, <laughs> you know, someone might drive on it next week and go, what was Whitman talking about? This is the worst road I've ever been on. Mm. Just on, so, the, on that know. road and, 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 a, and a little and a big thing that a lot of people will ask and, and on social media and travelling to the Big Red Bash page, they'll ask about tyre pressures. Yeah. What, 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 what's the ideal tyre pressure to set yourself up? What's your, your views on that and what, what should people be running if they're towing, say, a caravan, which most people will be? Uh, what yep. tyre pressure would you run on the car and on the caravan? Well, mate, it's uh, yeah. Look, and it's a really critical uh, thing to do. It's a really good question, and you know, my my Land Cruiser uh, when I'm loaded up for a trip, you know, it's not a light vehicle, and um, a lot of people worry about the weight of their vehicle, etc., and think they need to pump tyres up. And, and you know, I've got a 3.8 GVM upgrade on my car, and I can tell you I use all of that, so it's pretty heavy. And um, and I'm just prefacing what I'm going to say with with that, so that people can understand. Um, and if I, and I talk hot pressure because, you know, once you get going after 15, 20 minutes, your tyres have warmed up and the pressure does increase. So I, I keep my pressures around 28 PSI when they're hot. Now, that, that means a, a cold pressure in the morning is about 24 because it's usually up by about 4 PSI. So, you know, I, that's what we run out. I very rarely do we get flat tyres as a result. The tyre can mould over sharp stones and it gives me good good traction, etc. And keep, keep the pressures down below 30 PSI. The old story that with your trailer um, is to try and match the actual footprint that the the tyre makes on the vehicle, uh, match that with the, or match the trailer's footprint, I should say, to the, the, the footprint once you've dropped your tyres on your vehicle. Now, that might mean that the trailer might be slightly higher, it might be slightly less, depending on the weight of the trailer. All right? But if you follow those rules, and that's the stuff that we do all the time, and I've been running outback trips for 33 years now, so you know, I've, the last thing I want to do is have to change tyres from my customers. And mm. So you know, the advice we pass on is to try and avoid that, so, and I can tell you it works, mate. And remember, too, that you're not on a sealed road, and to drive to the conditions, which is what we spoke about with Ben from the Birdsville yeah. Pub last week, who's somebody who drives... Yeah in that region every day of the week. And he just said, look, it's a matter of just driving to the conditions. And you do that. Yeah, and they, uh, and they vary. Sense. And, uh, oh, absolutely, they vary. I mean, I was the yeah. Birdsville track last year and uh, it, it changed numerous times from the trip from Birdsville to Maree. There, there oh, look, were you, you patches can, of rocky rocky sections and right. wraps. You and, could be sitting on, you know, 80 or 90 mm. and then all of a sudden you come around a bit of a twist and down 
through a dry creek and there's rocks all over the place and you've got to slam the brakes and come down to about 40. And that always happens, Vic, when someone's coming the other way. <laughs> yeah, and look, yeah, the, the biggest problem that we see now, um, uh, um, related, I guess, to just outback travel, but particularly so when lots of people are going out to the bash, is, is damage to windscreens by flying stones. Um, I, I've, yep, mate, I take a very, very cautious approach now. If I, if I see a vehicle approaching on a dirt road, I'll pull over. Yes. I'll slow down. I'll even stop if I have to because yep. I, I look at the, the other person and I think, God, he's not backed off. He's sitting right in the middle of the road. Yep. There's rocks going everywhere. And if they're towing a trailer, the rocks are hitting the trailer and they're coming straight back at about 80 or 90 kilometres an hour. Yeah, towards you. Know, you. Straight into your windscreen. Yep. So. You know, I, I would I would suggest to people a couple of things. You know, if you if you if you've got an approaching vehicle, if you're heading up to the to the bash, you know, just please slow down. You know, just slow right down and be courteous. Um, but the other thing I would suggest if you're heading up to the bash is just keep an eye on your rearview mirrors because you know you do put a lot of dust up behind the vehicle and it's just hard to see anything approaching. But if you see someone is approaching, they're obviously catching you. You're far better off to stop early and let them go than have them come right up your clacker and then try and get past you and then shower you with, with rocks and end up breaking mm. a windscreen. And which is yeah. dangerous too. Overtaking in dust is extremely, oh, extremely yeah. dangerous. Yeah, now, now yeah. Vic, some other so places. That's from the south. So, yeah. So, um, so if you're coming in from, say, the, the north and the, and, the, and the northeast and east? Look, a lot of people are going to come in from the north because that's the easiest way to get out to Birdsville now as far as Bitchman Road goes. So what we're talking about is driving all the way up you know, through Winton, Longreach. And look, both of those places have got things to see. You know, you've got the Qantas Museum in Longreach, you've got the Matilda Museum in, 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 in Winton, and, you know, and you, you could do a day trip down the Lark Quarry from Winton you know, to see the dinosaur stampede, um, etc. And then you, you go across to Baduri, and Baduri itself, another great little outback town. It's got the, the Min Min Encounter, which is a, you know, a, a theatre-type style presentation they have. goes for about 40, 45 minutes. Um, brilliant stuff to see, you know. Uh, lovely camping in the caravan park there on the King River. And then from, from there, you, you head down from Bulia down to Baduri, and that road's sealed all the way down there. And, and then the road then from Baduri down into Burzel, and I think it's only about 40 or 50k now that's not sealed. Uh, so that's the easiest way, and that's probably the way most of the, what we would term the on-road caravaners are likely to go, because that's the easiest on their vehicles and on their vans. Um, there's a great lookout when you drive down that road. There's a, a fantastic lookout off to the right as you're coming down. You know, it's signpost. You can't miss it goes up onto a, a big butte, as they call it, or, you know, a jump up, uh, and you get up there and, and then you stand up and you can see for 130 miles, you know. Mm. Uh, that's really good. Um, <clears throat> if you're coming direct from the east, you know, you'll be coming up up through um, uh, up through uh, Windora. And, of course, Windora is a great place to, to stay. Just outside Windora, the, the road crosses the Cooper Creek and there's some Lovely free bush camping on the edge of the Cooper Creek, and they'll be pretty busy at that time of the year. Um, and then, of course, Windora itself, they've got this great little council-run campground with the overflow into the Oval, which is usually pretty packed out you know, when people are leaving and coming back. And the service station in Windora, they do, they're great and helpful, and there's usually a bit of a queue, and you, know, you probably do want to get your fuel at 
at these places because there's always a bit of a shortage in town. And um, uh, and then from Windora, you, you, you're pretty much you're on a, a single-lane Bitchman Road for a fair bit. And look, they, they cause problems when you've got oncoming traffic. And again, my recommendation is is slow down and get off the get off the bitumen mm. and try and keep the other bloke on the bitumen so he doesn't throw rocks all over you. Yeah, that's a great yeah. tip. That is a great that's that's a great tip. The, the, yeah. I, I, I know. Um, I think you'll find too now. There are some toilet facilities at Cooper Creek there now as well. Huh? At, at rest yeah, there yeah, and yeah. you can camp Good. there. Oh, look, yeah. last year we stopped at Patuda at the pub. There was a oh, lot of people there. It was a, I was stunned at the amount of people. That were camped at Patuda, it was quite incredible. Mm. Not all right outside the pub either; they were spread far and wide, and yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. There was at least a thousand or a couple of thousand there. It was incredible. Mate, Batuta is a fantastic story. I mean, that was a tiny little town that that was, you know it's halfway between Windora and and Burzville. Is it? It becomes a dirt road about eighty oh, k west of Windora, you know, and then you got two hundred odd k of dirt to go. And um, partway along, about halfway along there, you've got this little town of Batuta. The, you've actually got to turn off the road now to get out to it. They've like put a bit of a bypass in. Um, but the pub has been abandoned for years and years, you know, uh, like 20 or 30 years. Uh, I remember going to it and, oh, man, we were 1978 mm. I was there. Well, I think the, sto- the story goes, Vic, that the, that the owner of the Batuta pub left in his will that it was never to be reopened. And so, that, and that, that is, that, and I think you find that is true. And so, there was a fair bit, there was a fair few hurdles to to jump to, yeah. to be able to get that to reopen. And then somebody um, bought bought the pub and then jumped those hurdles. And then obviously had to yeah. go out there and oh, do yeah. a fair bit of work to get the pub up to scratch oh. to open back up. But I can tell Not you now, it was it, it was extremely popular. And the beauty of it, which I found, and which which which, and look, look, people who are bash veterans or have been before, with what we're talking about here. But the thing I love about about it is going to the bash is that there was live entertainment at Batuta. There was live entertainment at the yeah. pub at Windora. Yeah. I mean, these yeah. towns, I mean, okay, Batuta's not really a town. It's just a pub in the middle of nowhere. But, yeah, but the, but the a t- pub in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, but, but when you look at the town of Windora, they embrace this event. And not only yeah. do they, you know, okay, supply, they gear up for it now and they're all, you know, Danielle there at the survey, she's, she, she knows that this is, you know, she gears up and, you know, orders extra fuel, extra this, extra that, all this stuff. She knows how to cater for all these people. But yeah. and and yeah. these people are coming through town anyway. So for the for the you know people like the Windora Pub to actually pay people to entertain people out there when they don't really have to do that, the people are going to go there anyway. I think it's great. I think they should be applauded. Yeah. And, and what yeah. that does, yeah. it just adds to the experience of oh, heading out to the bash. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. And look, the other part of the the experience is is the drive through the outback. You know, it's like getting out to Birdsville. It does take a few days, you know. It's not mm. like it's just a day's drive or whatever, you know. And and the last two of those days, you're driving through some pretty desolate country, which, you know, I guess some people would go, oh, God, this is boring, you know. But, you know, for, for people like you and me who really enjoy the outback, the, the driving is always interesting, you know, the creek beds you go through and the way you, you, you get a mountain suddenly appear or a little, you know, jump up will appear and, Every now and then there's an outlier, you know, red sand dune. You think, I wonder why that's there, you know? Mm. And, um, it, and of course, you know, the witching hours of the early morning and the late afternoon and the, 
the brilliant colours that you get. Um, and then, of course, you know, your favourite thing, my favourite thing, sitting around the campfire at night with a billion, billion, billion stars above you, which is mm. so clear you can almost reach up and oh, touch yeah. them. Oh, yeah. And this, is, this so, is just after you've witnessed an amazing sunset. Exactly. I mean, the, yeah. it is the just... The purples and yeah. the oranges that you get out yeah. there. Yeah. If, you know? if, if and that's what I say. The whole experience is, it's, 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 it's all-encompassing. It's not just the towns. It's not just the, the lookouts. It's mm. the whole experience of travelling through very remote country and then, and then you end up with this fantastic concert that runs now for three nights, you know, and tremendous artists, usually playing songs that you and I grew up with, you know, mm. us mm. oldies. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Look, look the, the Diamantina National Park, I mean, we've spoken about it on the radio. Was that, if you can if you can spare a couple of days, would you, you, you'd certainly recommend going in there for a bit of a look, wouldn't you? Well, I think at the moment the thing to do is, uh, and look, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty busy, but you know the the photos that you and I have been seeing of the flights um, out of Birdsville over the Diamond Tea and the Channel Country mm. are just stunning. And and even in by the time the bash is on, that's still it's still going to have water out there, and it's still going to be very very green. Um, if the if the road is open, which goes through Diamond Tea, that's a big if because it might still be closed then with the the floodwaters that are come down the the Diamond Tea. It'll be something to check. But if it is open. Not only are you going to have that green that you're going to drive through, mate, but you're going to have a massive number of wildflowers, mm. and it will be it will be sensational. And you know, the, again, I've been lucky enough to drive through country like that after it's had rain and the wildflowers, and you, you just you just get blown away. And particularly if you've you've been before and you know that normally you just give a plains and rocks on the ground. Mm. You're, you're just like, where does all this grass and these flowers come from? Yeah. And there's some great camping. Um, Hunter Gorge in the Diamantina National Park is a great spot to camp. Big billabong again, full of water. Um, oh, yeah, just fantastic, mate. Yeah, oh, mate, unbelievable. You are right. I remember last year, and I went with a with one of your customers, actually travelled out with me, uh, George and, and Shelley from Off the Track 4x4, and we were both stunned. At the at the greenery and the and the and the yeah, bird life yeah. and and the wildflowers because on every other occasion I've been out there, it's just been as dry as chips and red and dusty and yeah, and it yeah. was like driving through the through parts of Scotland that was just I, we just were blown yeah, away. Yeah. You can't believe the change. We could not believe it, and I think this year we're in for that same treat. I think that and, and yeah. it's a rare, it's not so much a rare thing, but that doesn't happen all that all that often. I mean, not every year. Uh, no, you will no. see it like that. So for people that are travelling to the bash this year, uh, they're in for a real treat. I mean, it's, it's like turning up at Ayers Rock when it's raining. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just one of those things where you think, well, look at this. They'll go back in a year's time or two years' time and it'll be, it can look completely different. And, mate, for, for the, the slightly more adventurous person, there's another way to get there, which is the way, well, you know, the way that we go with our tour group. And, and that's coming up through Inaminka. Uh, and of course, to get to Inaminki, you're, you're probably heading out to Cameron's Corner from Tipperbar and Brogan Hill, you know, and then you go up the old the, the old Stress Lakey track into Inaminka itself. And of course, you've got the Dig Tree out there to see. You've got the Birkin Wills Memorials. You've got Cooper Kalimara uh, Waterhole and camping on Cooper Creek. Um, and then, of course, you've got the, the Cordillo Downs Road and uh, past the big wool shed at Cordillo Downs. Or you can go up what they call the Araby Road. These are all dirt roads, typical outback roads, and, and you can pop out to Haddon's Corner, 
uh, you know, one of the corners of the state there um, before you hit the Burzville Development Road. So um, that that involves quite a bit more off-road driving as such, you know, dirt road driving and and more remote type country. But again, there's there's just so much to see, and and that's that's the way we go when we go out out through that way. Mm. We we head up to um, uh, up to Trilby Station, and then up to Winaring and Tipperborough. We go north from Tipperborough through Warry Gate, and then across the Santos Road, and pop out near the uh, the, the, the Birkin Wills Bridge and the Dig Tree, and then into Windermenka. We used to be able to go through Walkers Crossing, but unfortunately that's still closed. So now we do the Cordillo Downs Road and sometimes we do the Araby Road mm. and visit Adams Corner on the way. Yeah, and uh, for, for uh, people that want to go Walkers Crossing, that, that is closed. When I was lucky enough, I've done that. Thanks to you, you actually steered me onto that, onto that it's way. It's a great track. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a fantastic track and some great some great just pull off the side of the road camping along through there as well on your, oh, way, yeah. in, on your way into Winnemunca from Birdsville. Uh, yeah. You've mentioned your trips. Is, are there any vacancies still for people that – uh, on on your on your trips because I know it comes, no, we with, comes with tickets. Squeeze, we, could, we could probably squeeze one on. We've we've still got a, a ticket available. I think we had someone drop out through illness. Yeah. So we've probably got one spot available, one vehicle spot available. It is and a couple of tickets for people. So yeah, if they're keen, they can just drop us an email. Yep. Okay. And to do that, they just go to the website four uh, wd dot net dot au, and they can That's send it, an email yeah. that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so there you go. So if you try, if you want to get to the bash, and you're really looking for that experience, and you haven't, you know, you've missed out because it is a sold out event. Well, there's two tickets and a real adventure. I mean, how many weeks is it, Vic, for your trip for return to the? So you're including the event. Yeah, uh, twelve days, just under yep. two weeks, mate. Yeah, yes. and that's from Cobar out to Burzville and and then and then back to Ningen. And yep. we, you know, we we've in, you know we camp some of it and somewhere in the Burzville. Hotel. I think the last night we were in the Ningen, Ningen um, uh, motel, and with dinner included, and the other nights. And, and well, I heard you. You know, you were talking about it's a good way to travel because it's structured and that. It is structured, but a couple of days, mate. We we just drive when it gets to the end of the day. We find a, a bush camp. You know, mm. and we don't always use the same site because sometimes we don't get as far as we we did the day before. Sometimes yeah. we it's a better road and we do get further. It's a good. Way to travel. Well, exactly, and there might be somebody on that favourite camp spot of yours, Victor. But uh, and I guess too. I mean, when I say structured, I mean there is that support. And yeah. uh, and talking to you just now, you've got a you, you know one of your other trips that is on, right on the other side of the country at the moment, where there's a 500 kilometre tow happening as we speak. So yeah. uh, with a, with yeah. a vehicle that's Vehicle's had a problem, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So yeah. uh, you do get that that support, and yeah, you're with like-minded people, and. Uh, You'll make a few friends for life. You're a good man, Vic. I mean, we've given plenty of plenty of advice here, plenty of ways to get there, some of the places to check out, and some tips, especially on tyre pressures and the like. Um, yep. It's a fantastic event. It's it's not too far away, uh, and I guess the, the the main advice that we would give anybody is to just drive to the conditions, use your common sense, but more most importantly, enjoy the entire experience because because it's a long way to go. To not enjoy it, uh, you really want to take as much of it in as you can. The vibe out there when you get out there is just amazing. The people are amazing and the concert's amazing. And so if you, if you can't enjoy that, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, mate. Well, thanks for joining us on the uh, on this edition of yep. the Big Bash podcast. 4wd.net.au, that's the website. Uh, jump on there if you're looking for a – he's got one vehicle spot available that comes with a couple of tickets, and you can travel out there with Vic Wibben. Good on you, Vic. We'll talk to you soon. You take care, mate.
See ya. And that was, of course, Vic Woodman from Great Divide Tours. If you want to get on to that tag-along trip, well, he does have a spot available, as we said. That, of course, is the latest edition of the Big Bash podcast. Just uh, an announcement here. The Festival Guide, also known as the Ultimate Bash Bible, is now available. If you jump onto the website, you can download yourself a copy of that. The Big Red Bash um, Festival Guide for 2023 is um, available right now. So you need to get onto that and you can download uh, the link there at the uh, at the website. Just reminding you, get in touch on the email. Be, be sure to follow all of the uh, event uh, information coming through on the Big Red Bash uh, Facebook page and, of course, website. And, of course, travelling to the Big Red Bash uh, Facebook page as well. This has been the Big Bash Podcast. You are with the Duck Broadcasting through Blue Collar Media. We'll be back with another edition of the Big Bash Podcast real soon. We will see you then.